depending on where you're at in the state of Wisconsin, uh, you know, you could be uh, seeing some clearing. Or if you are, say, in the Milwaukee area, you are getting torrential upon right now, depending on uh, what part of the state you are in. I know the Packers today, their practice was taken into the Hudson Center. They were not out in front of the fans today. Roger Goodell also in town today, who we heard from a little bit earlier, as he made the announcement official that the Green Bay Packers for the 2025 NFL Draft are on the clock. So that was solid. And uh, discussing the Packers game, Brewers weekend. Brewers got the sweep over the Chicago White Sox this past weekend. Three and a half games up on both Cincinnati and on um, and on the Chicago Cubs. So that's solid news. Good to hear there. And, um, you know, we're just kind of recapping all of it, as a matter of fact. Recapping all of it for this particular, uh, this past weekend. We'll get more into this week. Packers taking on uh, the Patriots uh, on, the, well, this weekend at Lambeau. But they've got joint practices coming up on Wednesday and Thursday uh, of this week as well. So they're going to be working out with the Patriots. want to remind you, we are closing in on about uh, two and a half weeks to go. For the, Actually, it was let, we're now less than three weeks away. Uh, it was three weeks yesterday. For the motorcycle ride, the 16th annual poker run, you are, if you have not gotten pre-registered yet, you are running out of time. You want to get pre-registered. I was going to talk about this earlier. I didn't get a chance to, but uh, we've got three spectacular pre-registration prizes only for those who pre-register. You can still participate for the prizes at the end via the poker run, but for pre-registration, we are giving away three packages. One is a weekend getaway to the Four Seasons Island Resort. Uh, in Pembine, Wisconsin, a weekend getaway, a couple of bottles of champagne and a couple of glasses to go along with it. So uh, which is uh, a value. I think it's like 700 bucks. I think it's about 500 bucks for uh, two nights for the room uh, up there. And then uh, I think the uh, the champagne is about 100 bucks a bottle. So uh, we've got uh, two bottles to go with you. Some glassware all packaged up real nice for you. So that's about a $700 value. Then. We have got a whiskey basket, a bourbon whiskey basket with cigars. Now, if you're not a cigar smoker, that's fine. Give them to somebody who is. But it is a really nice basket. And if uh, you are interested, yes, it has some Buffalo Trace in it. It's got a really high-end bottle of Bordstown in it. That's another one. Um, There's another bottle, a Kentucky... Uh, God, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but I, I, if I, if it comes to me, I'll uh, a Kentucky Owl, Kentucky Owl uh, bottle of bourbon, and that is uh, a value. God, I think that was about 160 bucks. Plus, it's got some high-end Jack Daniels that was donated. It's got some Stillery bottles that are one-off single barrels that were donated. Um, the value of this thing is well over a grand, well over a grand. So that is up for grabs and. Also, for the diehard Packer fan that should possibly win this, we're going to give you a weekend. We're going to give you an overnight stay Saturday night down in Chicago at the Sheridan Grand uh, Riverwalk and two tickets to go see the Packers and the Bears open up the season. Hang out with myself and Mike Clemens uh, for an evening a little bit. Maybe we'll grab some dinner, some beverages, talk a little Packers football or whatever else you want to know. And we'll do that, which is a cool experience. And that's well over 1000 bucks. So, a lot of good stuff just for pre-registration. And then you've got the actual ride, which benefits Fisher House, Wisconsin. We are the only charity that does this ride, has zero expense when it comes to taking it out of the pockets of the riders. All the money goes back to the house, Fisher House, Wisconsin. 
and those that are coming into this state who need help, who need care, who need their families near them, whether it's military members, veterans, or their family. So this is the reason we do it. So please, 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 if you're looking on the, right now on the live stream, scan the QR code. It'll take you right to pre-registration. Don't forget, you get pre-registered. You can also take a look at the pre-registration page and look at that and get discounted tickets to go to the Harley-Davidson Museum as well. So it's like I think they're half price. Uh, so you can also do that. And if you can't scan the QR code, go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run and get registered now. Please do that. Uh, 877-867-1670. Matthew says, cloudy, cool here in La Crosse. Feels like about 66. 66. Um, Jeff says, I know you're busy during the Packers game, but listen to the police scanner. They actually have a... I think it's called Scanner Squawk that is on Twitter that takes place during Packers games. And it's awesome if you've ever followed it. It's called Scanner Squawk. And I follow that handle, and it's it's great. Because every now and then you'll hear about, you know, somebody starting a fight in the stands or, you you know, whatever. But it's usually, you know, drunk guy passed out in John in section whatever, you know, uh you know, woman lost purse and section whatever. You know, but it's it, it's usually some pretty funny stuff. You know, it's usually drunk and disorderly. You know, that type of thing. But every now and then you'll hear about the one guy that's passed out. You know, he's he's down on the john like Elvis, <laughs> and he's passed out, pants down, that type of thing. And you can hear it on the Skinner Squawk. So it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's, oh, it's always good. And then you get, you know, you do get the fans that are being tossed out and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, Matthew says Scanner Squawk is awesome. Yes, it's it's great. It's so cool. And I follow that. I Sometimes I get more, if the game's boring, I get more of a kick out of Scanner Squawk on Twitter than I do anything else. So if you haven't followed him on Twitter, follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Jeff says it's always in the john. You're right, man. It's always somebody in the john doing something stupid, you know, or just passed out. So, yes. Um, Dennis says, my wife is going to the Pink concert in Milwaukee. Hope it quits raining. How about Godsmack in Milwaukee last night? Did not see Godsmack, uh, but Pink. Now, is Pink at uh, uh, American Family Field? Yeah. That's what I thought, because we came through American Family Field yesterday through that area and saw the stage. Because I'm thinking, why is why are all the lights on? And that's the reason why, because they're setting that stage up. So yes, it was. Uh, it's and you know those that staging that they put in there quite impressive. It's pretty huge. As a matter of fact, it goes damn near all the way up to the to the train tracks or the railroad tracks that the bogies roll on for the roof. I mean, it's it's a big deal. It's about three quarters of the way up the scoreboard. Have you ever seen a show at stages. American Family Field? Uh, I saw one a few years ago when they had what was it, Motley Crue and. Def Leppard like and that Def Leppard, collection yeah. of bands. Yeah. yeah, it was like the 80s hair bands. Yeah, I saw that. But that's the only one I've ever been to. I had tickets to one of the country shows. It was Kenny Chesney years ago, and then COVID hit, and then they didn't do it, and they kept putting it off. And by then, I just got rid of the tickets, and uh, and I never went. But, yeah, I've been to one. Stadium, stadium I, I like baseball stadiums are cool. I like football stadiums better. 
because it's I don't, I don't know why I just do. I don't know why I like the the setup of a, an elongated stadium better when it comes to concerts than I do with like a baseball stadium. Neither I one is think. ideal because both are no. too big, right? Like I've right. seen shows at Target Field, American Family Field, never at Lambeau, but I feel like I kind of get the gist. Lambeau's pretty straightforward architecture-wise. Yeah. It's a big round right. bowl. That's basically it. Right. That's true. Now, which did you like best? Um. So American Family Field, I went with my family a long time ago. We went to see Paul McCartney. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. But the fireworks, and you kind of got to take it up a notch if you're playing right. a stadium because the sound right. and stuff isn't as good. I probably preferred Target Field because you're out in the summer air. Now, it also didn't rain. So, you know, if it right. was raining, different story. But Target Field was pretty cool. That was a great show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, if I had to say one way or the other, I would prefer either. Most of the time, I prefer like an indoor arena like Pfizer. I mean, those are usually to me the best and the best sound. Uh, but otherwise, I think some of the best concerts I've ever seen um, have been um, at, like, Alpine Valley. Yeah. For example, and Alpine Valley is very similar to um, the, uh, the the same style down there in Cincinnati. Uh, God, I can't remember. Riverbend. Riverbend Music Theater. Um, it's the same, the same thing. It's the same setup. It's basically an outdoor bowl around the stage and uh, some of those concerts that i've seen both at alpine valley and down there at uh, riverbend have been probably some of the best and the sound's probably the purest you know outside it doesn't you know it doesn't reverberate against the walls so to speak in some of those venues but i like fiserv too it's all disturbed at fiserv and man that was Ooh. that was awesome yeah disturbed was uh down the fiserv forum they they just absolutely rocked it um, you know, so that that was a great show. Uh, and I've seen uh, comedians. I'm not a big fan of comedians that do um, the big arena tours. Mm-hmm. It's great because they can pack them. Like, like Jim Gaffigan is awesome. And he was funny. And I love seeing him at Pfizer. But I would rather see him at the Riverside. Yeah. I've a, seen stuff a like theater, that. The an actual theater. Yeah. yeah. An actual theater. Yeah. For comedians. I mean, but, you know, hey, between him, Kevin Hart, some of the other ones that I've gone to see. They're they're fantastic in the arena. It's not bad. It's just not it's not as intimate, I guess. You can't see like if you're at the Pabst Theater or some of the smaller theaters, you can see their facial expressions, which they are as much part of the act as the words that they use. And when you're in a big theater or when you're in a big arena, you you're not that close. You you can't you're not close enough to see their actual facial. You got to look up on the screen the entire time. So it, yeah, it just changes things. So anyway. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. Uh, this is from, uh, this is from X. X says, uh, hey, unit, love the fact that the Brewers are three and a half games up. How much do you think it's going to take for them to win the division? How, how many, how many wins, I guess, is it going to take for them to win the division? I would probably, if I had to guesstimate right now, and how many games are they into the season? Uh, there, there, there are like a, there's like 43 or 44 games left, right? Something like that. Am I, am I wrong there? I think there's like 43 or 44 games left. Just over 40. I can double check. Okay. Yeah, that's just, um, so if they get, God, think about this. If they go 20, if say there's 43 games left and they go 23 and 20, that that puts them at what eighty eight wins on the season, 
That may win it. That may win it. Um. Yeah, that may that may win the division. So if there's 43 games, I think it's 42 or 43 games left. If they win 25, if they go 25 and 18, the rest of the which would be what 43 games left. 25 that will put them at 90 wins. And I, that pretty much assures them the division, in my opinion. Yeah, 90 wins should do it. Now, I would imagine 90 wins could do it. I don't think the Cubs can play any better than they've played the last couple of weeks. And they've right. been hot and they've been surging. But the Brewers are they're just kind of doing their Brewers thing where they're never going to get red hot and they're never going to blow your doors off. They're just going to win series and take care of business. Kind of a low and slow burn throughout the rest of the season where the Cubs have been much more up and down. Now, let's think about this here, because we had said, uh, I don't even know how long ago it was, we were talking about win streaks. And the Brewers have not really had that eight, nine-game win streak. What happens, let's just say, the Brewers win the next four? They sweep L.A., they go one and two in Texas, but they win the next four. There's your eight-game win streak. How much would that then put them, do you feel, ahead of Cincinnati and ahead of the Cubs? If they continue to win, and this would be their eight-game, nine-game win streak, say they sweep the Dodgers, which I don't think they will, but let's just say they sweep the Dodgers uh, tomorrow, beginning tomorrow night, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they win two out of three against Texas. How, How far do you think that would put them then ahead of the Cubs and ahead of Cincinnati? Because Cincinnati has not played great baseball. Cincinnati, who do they have now? They they have what? I think they have the interstate rival, the Cleveland Guardians. I think they've got Cleveland. I don't know who else they have after that. I know they've got Arizona and San Francisco because they do the East Coast or the West Coast swing. I don't know if they got it, uh, the Dodgers. I don't think they've already played the Dodgers, so I don't think the Dodgers on the docket. But they got Cleveland. I don't know who after that. But maybe they split with Cleveland. Who knows? But if the Brewers can win the next four and have that eight-game win streak, how much further ahead do they get of, say, Chicago and and uh, and Cincinnati? Doesn't Chicago don't doesn't Chicago now face the uh, White Sox? Yeah, I know the Cubs' schedule gets a little bit tougher because they've been stacking wins against bad teams for the last two weeks or so. Yeah, the Cubs, real quick, have a two-game series with the White Sox, then three against Kansas City. Both uh, are all five of those games are at Wrigley. Then they've got Detroit, Pittsburgh, before they finally uh, get uh, Milwaukee down there at Wrigley. And then they have four against Cincinnati. So the good news is, that the Brewers still have, what, six games against the Cubs left? And I think they end with the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken. They end with the Cubs at American Family Field. So they have the six games with the Cubs. So the Brewers can make hay with the Cubs just by facing them head-to-head. But the nice thing is if you can continue to win and, you you know, say the Cubs split that four-game series with Cincinnati and you can continue to win, you can pick up another game or two right there by the time it's all said and done. 
So Brewers have the toughest schedule, though, no doubt. Uh, let's do this. We're going to uh, step away, take a quick break, come back. A lot more to get to. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. of the program brought to you by our friends uh, over there, Lisa Lee Ortel and the gang at Land and Stone Realty. And if you are looking for a home, whether it's in Racine, Milwaukee County, Walworth County, Kenosha, in that area, Lisa can get it done. She's a certified condo specialist, deals a lot with VA loans, and uh, you can check her out by giving her a call, 414-617-6798, 414-617-6798. And if you're looking for a VA loan to getting qualified or what have you, or a certified condo specialist, whether it's selling yours or buying one, she can help you out. That's Lisa Lee Ortel and Lannon Stone Realty LLC in the area. So good stuff from then as well. Um, we really, I was supposed to talk, uh, Mike Clemens, uh, talk with him coming up here shortly. So, um, and Mike is, Mike said he was going to try. I know he's got some things going on right now inside the, uh, the Packers locker room. So we should be able to touch base with him, hopefully here at some point. Uh, a couple of things we have not touched on yet today. And that is the fact that the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Wanda Franco, um, did you read this story? Did you, cause I know Jeff Passon had some stuff on it out of ESPN and they were talking about that, uh, but Major League Baseball putting him on the restricted list. Did you pay attention to any of that stuff? Yes, I did a deep. It was like the first thing I did when I woke up this morning because I saw a couple of texts I had in group chats about what was going on with Wander Franco. That is, yeah. um, that's not something you necessarily expect to see going on with one of your athletes. Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, so apparently he has got a or has a. He's posted numerous social media stuff things. Uh, with this woman in the Dominican Republic. Correct me if I'm wrong. She's in the Dominican Republic, but yep. is she not underage? According to what I have read, she is 14. Yeah. I've looked at a bunch of pictures and some posts that she's made. I, look, I don't, I'm not doubting. I don't hardly know anything. I, it's a little bit of a hard sell that she's she looks older than 14, but she's yeah. young for sure. I'll say this, that when you look at some of the models... In the catalogs today, they look like they're 22, 23, 24, and really they're 13, 14. So it would not surprise me if this woman is, this girl is 14. But, uh, yeah, that's, they're investigating. So he has, quote, taken a leave from the club for the duration of the current road trip. And the league's going to continue to conduct, uh, you know, by the Department of Investigations, to the social media posts and concerning his relationship with this person. Uh, it's where he grew up, back in the Dominican Republic. And uh, But the, the thought is that he is, yeah, that uh, it's it, she is underage. So that was one story. And then the other one uh, that came out um, was the uh, James Harden story, basically calling the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers a liar. 
saying I will never play for any of those organizations that he's a part of, even though he's, you know, <laughs> when you look at uh, what James Harden has done in recent history, um, he has been a part of organizations that have um, the, uh, you know, Morey, the, the, the president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey, he has been a part. Morey has traded for him on numerous occasions. But apparently James Harden, who is now disgruntled in so in Philadelphia land, now wants out, and he wants out of there. First he wanted out of Houston. Then he wanted out of Brooklyn. Now he wants out of Philadelphia. And he wanted to go to the um, L.A. Clippers and because they had the ability to trade for him. And apparently the trade talks broke down, and Daryl Morey broke off conversations with the Clippers uh, over the weekend. And then James Harden, uh, there was an Adidas media event in China, said Daryl Morey is a liar. I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. So the 76ers are planning to bring Harden back to training camp and for the start of the season. Um, and they're like, look, he's under contract. He doesn't have a choice. I mean, if he wants to go away, he can go away, but otherwise he's under contract. Um, but Harden's desired destination was L.A. and for the Clippers. But the Clippers knew that Harden wanted to go there, so they didn't make much of an offer. And Maury's like, no, we're not just giving him up just to give him up because he's not happy. And so the 76ers broke off conversations with the Clippers. And, uh, you know, the Sixers apparently agreed to search out the trade upon, you know, Harden's request. After he agreed to pick up the $35.6 million player option in June, but the Sixers' asking price, they said, was steep. And teams, including the Clippers, they were not willing or able to meet the price that the 76ers wanted because they know Harden wants out. So, I don't know. James Harden could be a free agent right now. If he wanted to, he opted in to the 35 right. million and then was like, now I'd like to be traded here. This is what they do in the NBA these days Bill, yep. is they sign the extensions. They take the most money they can. Well, and if I want to move in a year or two, then well, then I'll just ask for a trade and I'll tell my team right. exactly where I want to go. Players don't get to free agency anymore. James Harden could have just went anywhere he wanted this summer, but he wanted the yep. money and only Philly could give him that money. Yep. So James Harden. Hey, look, I, I've never, I make no bones about it. I've never been a James Harden fan. He is a hell of a shooter, and that's it. There's nothing more to his game. He's not a defender. He's not a team guy. He's nothing. He's a shooter. And hired guns, it's where he goes, and he doesn't win anything. Never has, never will. So for, for guys like that to continue to dictate to the league, um, like I said, he's not a winner. And there was a lot of talk about at one time, you know, bringing a guy like James Harden here. You need that James Harden. That's guy. I'm like, no, he's a, he's always been a selfish player always and never liked James Harden, never been a fan. And so, like you said, he took the money. He could have been a free, it's, it's, it, you know, he could have been a free agent and instead he wanted the money. Then he wanted out instead of just working it the backwards way or the old-fashioned way where he wasn't going to get as much money because the team could pay him more. So he stuck with the team to get more money but still doesn't want to play for the team. So it, it's, you know, it's it's a bad situation. And now maybe Maury said he would trade him and get him out of there, but 
if you know you got to go, why am I? If I'm the Clippers, why am I giving up the world for James Harden, who wants to come here and wants to force his way out of uh, Philadelphia anyway? Well, they're not going to give up the world because they know they don't have to, and because James right. Harden is old. And and another thing, this is the second time the Sixers have done this now in three years, Bill, where they have taken a player who's pissed and doesn't want to be there, and they brought him back into training camp while they look for a trade because that's what they did with Ben Simmons. It was a right. massive distraction. Now they're going to make Joel Embiid and, and their fans go through that again. What a mess. And Ben Simmons has never amounted to anything. I don't know why they hung on to him like grim death. But, uh, you know, again, you know, Jay, but but part of this, you like you said, goes on James Harden because Harden could have just said, I'm going to opt out. I'm going to go become a free agent and see who can pay me the most money and work out the best deal. Didn't want to do that. He wanted the money and wants to be traded. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we will see if our guy, Mike Clemens, live up in Green Bay, is going to be able to join us. Uh, I know he was inside the Packers locker room. So if he does join us, it's going to be fresh out of the Packers locker room. Stay tuned. whole lot more. A couple segments still to go. Mike Clemens uh, hopefully joins us here in the next. Stay tuned. More right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Mark said 54 million, so I'm going to put the gauntlet down now. We have been getting closer to 70 recently, so we want to see the Green Bay Super Bowl get 70 million. Excuse me, pro, uh, sorry, NFL draft. Hey, you just got a Super Bowl. You want to be in it or you want to host it? I'm not sure which one. The jocular commissioner of the National Football League, one Roger Goodell and Lambeau, a little bit earlier today. Welcome back to the program. This portion of it brought to you by our good friends at BayMotelGreenBay.com. That is BayMotelGreenBay.com. And the Bay Motel in Green Bay, quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile south of Lambeau Field, or a mile from Lambeau Field, I should say, uh, to the north, actually. Perfect for a family stay in the Bay Family Restaurant, homestyle cooking seven days a week right there on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441. Went in there the other day with Mike Clemens, met some of the staff, the management, and a quiet, cozy place. That's exactly the description I would use. Green Bay Motel, uh, awesome. BayMotelGreenBay.com. That is BayMotelGreenBay.com. Mike Clemens now joining us. On the hotline. Michael, how you doing, pal? Pretty good. You know, pretty good. As soon as Roger Goodell said that, I thought, I wonder if that was deliberate. I mean, I know he makes $50 million a year, and he's a smart guy and an attorney. <laughs> but I, I couldn't help but wonder if there was a little bit of, you know, it's if you make a mistake, that's what goes viral, right, when you make a mistake mm-hmm. like that. Because to come right back and say, well, do you want to host it or you want to be in it, you know. So, right. Whatever we got, we got a killer soundbite out of it. But yeah, Goodell is here along with Governor Tony Evers and Mark Murphy and the board of directors and all kinds of sponsors from around the state and the people that have spent four or five years putting these packages together to see if they can get the draft to come here. Mark Murphy says that they estimate anywhere from two hundred forty, two hundred fifty thousand fans would be drawn, not only just to Green Bay, but as he said, you know, around the state. And Goodell said, yeah, you know, Mark, you know, your numbers say maybe $54 million. We think, though, you could get up to as much as $70 million a year in revenue for your state. I don't know if that was sort of a challenge, but um, it was interesting to see Goodell here. The, the big plan was 
they were going to have Goodell ride a bike to practice, but it was a steady <laughs> rain. Right. And, you know, kind of awkward, you know. Right. So instead they had him stand there, you know, the governor and the CEO of uh, the team and the commissioner of the NFL standing there holding their bikes. And, I mean, some of the guys just said, you're like, okay, are we done with this? Can we get away from the, <laughs> from the bike? Mm-hmm. You know, right. but it was a photo opportunity. So all good. So, Mike, uh, let, let's start first and foremost with your, the reaction from the weekend. I think it was a meh performance from Jordan Love. Nothing spectacular, nothing terrible, you know, not bad. Uh, but probably the guy that's feeling the most pressure right now may not even be a regular everyday guy. It's probably the kicker, uh, special teams-wise, right? It's Anders Carlson. We've talked about it. You know, we know about that his, his older brother Daniel was the guy who was the kicker for the Vikings who a couple of years ago, you know, uh, missed three kicks, sent the game into overtime. Packers managed to, to pull it off. Uh, but later has become a very successful kicker for the Raiders. Rich Passaccia was a special teams coordinator uh, out in Las Vegas, and when he actually recruited Daniel Carlson, uh, that he had made visits to his home, and there was the younger 14-year-old brother Anders at mm-hmm. six foot five, and said, "Oh, he's a kicker too," and you know, so Rich Passaccia has been keeping an eye on Anders Carlson that long. And, uh, you know, it's, the, the feeling is it's just the, that if Basaccia went to Gutekinds and said, if it's time to move on from Mason, this is the kid that I want. They got He was there on the board in the sixth round. So Basaccia's hands are sort of all over it, except there he is again. After working out some problems, he had a good family night. But then there's some, some weird missed kicks. You know, it would be one thing, Bill, if like a Mason Crosby, like a Ryan Longwell, you're out there, and they make you do 10 kicks, and you miss number seven, right? Mm-hmm. Or you miss right. number eight. But today, after missing two extra points in that game against the Bengals the other night under the lights in good conditions, today, because of the rain, we're inside the Hudson Center. So they line up. And now you got Pat O'Donnell, the veteran punter, the veteran holder, lining up. And he puts his, he's got his knee down, he's got his hands up, and he looks up at Anders and says, ready there's it's not like they were rushing out there it was a point after and he's wide right mm-hmm. he was like four for six today he hit one from 51 when they're right. running around the field but he's missing extra points so we just got done talking to him about 10 minutes ago and here's what andrew carlson had to say learning lessons and, and growing you're either winning or you're learning that's how i take it so um yeah i've, I've yeah i've had days that I like and days that I don't like. Um, so it's just, yeah, again, not freaking out, like you said, and just take it one day at a time. The extra points Friday night, the extra point today, yeah. the same issue on both? Were they different issues? Yeah, for yeah. For me, it's I need to go back to my tempo and get a little slower. I get, you know, maybe a little too excited. So uh, it's something to watch for, and, you know, it's it's something I know, so i got to fix the tempo. Is there anything about it being consistently wide right that, that helps, or does that make it more frustrating? I think it's it's helpful. You don't want to go right, left, right, you know, because then you're just kind of lost. Um, so, you know, I, I like my mindset. I just got to fix some technical things. What, from a technical standpoint, what, why are they going wide right? Uh, you know, like I just said, I think a lot is just my tempo. I'm getting there too quick. Uh, and so, you know, when it's on, it's on. But, you know, I can't I can't have three that work and one that doesn't. You know, it's got to be consistent. So I know not every kick's going to go in, but it's, it's how you respond and how you bounce back. 
Uh, what's my frustration level? Uh, you know, I think I think being a kicker, it's all about being consistent mentally and physically. And uh, obviously, you want the results to be consistent. But you know, before the results come, you got to be personally, uh, you know, level. Uh, so I think for me, it's all about the consistent mindset. No matter what the results are, uh, whatever it was good or bad, I can't control the past. So it's all about staying level-headed and, and and approaching the next one with a good mindset. That's Richard Sanchez saying. I mean, he's challenging me the way he should, and uh, he's he's telling me to stick it a day at a time to you know to trust the process again. Like like he said, you know, we're gonna have patience with you, and we're gonna get you right. So uh, just believe in myself, and that's what I'll do. You know, Mike. I, I mean, that's that's fine. But as I said earlier today, now I think they're gonna stick with him for a long time. Um, but you're talking about points. It's one thing to say, well, he's not booming it out of the end zone or maybe his accuracy on kickoffs is off. You're talking about the, the absence of points and you, and not to mention you friends as a kicker, if they work their ass off to put the ball in field goal range and you're missing points and you're leaving points on the field, that does not endear you very much with uh, the offense or with uh, the team overall, if you're missing PATs, I mean, it, it becomes frustrating for a kicker after a while because the own guy, your own guys in your locker room start to look at you. You know, you can cover football as long as I have, and you can really only go about five questions deep with a kicker. You know? Right. It's just, right. They're on such an island, whether it's the punter or the place kicker in football, you can only go so many questions to talk about it. And I said, can you, you know, if so, if you, if when you strike the ball, it's off by an inch, can you tell that from the game tape from Friday night or from today's practice tape? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, no, it's, it's, it's a timing thing. I pretty much know it when I hit it that my timing was off. You know, it's, it's the feel right after the kick and to look up and see the result. So, I, you know, Basachi is going to talk to us on Friday. So he'll have plenty of – I mean, and Basachi, he's all over this. He's all over this stuff. As opposed to, was it Sean Slocum? I think it was a special mm-hmm. teams coordinator. Right. Do you remember Greg Bedard? Yes. Greg Bedard, the reporter. Yeah, he ended up Boston. going to uh, the Globe, went with the Boston Globe, yeah. Between uh, 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 Ryan Longwell and Mason Crosby, you know, remember they went through a couple different kickers or was there, there was a Rainer or somebody like yeah. that. Somebody was struggling. And so uh, Bedard and I went and talked to special teams coordinator, I think it was Slocum, and we're in the hallway. And and we, we're going back and forth on various things on special teams. And then Bedar said, you know, by the way, the kicker, what these misses is. Yeah, right, right. He goes, now, are you aware that six or seven of them are from the left hash? And the guy goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, we knew that. Okay, all right, thanks, Coach. And we're walking down the hallway, and I said, he had no idea. And, and he's like, I know. Yeah. I know. Right. But that's not that's not Rich Bisaccia. I I swear – I know he's tracking everything. Basachi is a guy who, just the other day, with both the different holders they've got between this Dan Whelan, number forty-one, the punter, and you know the veteran Pat O'Donnell, he's uh, there's Basachi with a bunch of footballs taking a knee, and he's lateraling it back to these holders, as if he was the long snapper. You know, here's one that burns the ground. Here's one that's high and away. Here's one that's inside. Here's a fastball down the middle. Just to watch these guys react, not know what, where the snap is coming from, how they're going to react to bad snaps. He's personally doing that. So he's all over the operation. We'll see if he can get this kid turned around before the season starts. 
Uh, let's do this. We're up against the break, so we're going to take a quick one. We'll come back. More of Mike Clemens joining us here on the hotline. Stay tuned. We got uh, the final segment of the Bill Michael Show with our buddy Mike Clemens coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show on this Monday, this rainy, torrential downpour type of Monday. Joining us on the phone, our guy, Mike Clemens. Mike, uh, I got to ask you, I had uh, numerous people that texted me while we were out in Sturgis and uh, coming back on Friday. How is Mike doing with Skyline Chili? Did he uh, did he go there numerous times? And I said, I will talk to him Monday on the show. So how was Cincinnati and how did they treat you? Twice. Uh, as a matter of fact, now <laughs> Skyline, Skyline has a contract uh, with the press box. Oh, there you go. So it's it's standard now. They remember they did that last time we were here, but people complained. Well, this isn't quite Skyline. It's sort of like cut Skyline, right? But now they they've actually got the Skyline folks there, there with the mini hot dogs, with the Skyline, with the big bowl. Mm-hmm. They ran out of cheese though, and I, there was almost an uprising in the press box. <laughs> <laughs> they always run out of cheese. I have no idea why they don't stock more of it, but I agree with you. There would be an upright. If you get chili and you get it all set up, and at the very end you go to put the cheese on it, there's no cheese there, oh, I am just pissed. I'm throwing wieners all uh, over the joint. I saw Mike Brown over there with a calculator, and I you oh, know, I think he was watching food costs during the whole Yeah, time. per shred. Yeah, I can see that. He needs a new hat. <laughs> <laughs> So, other than that, what was your reaction uh, for the game Friday night? What did you take away? Jordan Love, you know, overthrows Christian Watson down the left-hand side. There's a safety named Dax Hill, number 23, that was making these plays earlier in the week during the joint practice session. He's kind of built like Jair, but he's like reaching over 6'6", Luke Musgrave, to deflect passes. Some of those I actually posted on video. So... But, you know, something, when I talk to Sean Clifford and some of the veteran players, they say, no, you know, listen, man, Jordan is doing great. Really? No. Listen, the way he's reading the offenses, the way he's getting the play in, the changes that he's making at the line, the reads that he's picking up, you know, just some of these things are going to take time. And it might be some things where they need to say to Watson and to Love, it's like, no, 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 don't look inside. Let's make this a back shoulder throw. So that way, if you've got that single high safety flying over there that ends up deflecting a high pass, instead you can use the sideline to protect that ball and, and bring it in mm-hmm. under the outside shoulder. Same thing with Musgrave. But there's other times where Love, then it's, it's almost, Bill, like when he gets into the red zone, he gets more focused. And then he comes up with like that beautiful touch pass he had to Romeo Dobbs for the touchdown. Sean Clifford, I'm very impressed. He moves the football. He had a tendency at Penn State to throw picks, and you know he threw that pick six the other night, and another one got tipped and, and taken away. But he moves the football, and you know we were talking about this the other day. Kind of reminds you of Matt Flynn, the way Matt Flynn looked in those early years, and he ended up being a pretty darn good backup quarterback. 
So, uh, Mike, uh, there's not a ton because he only played a couple of series. There's not a ton to take away from Jordan Love. But what you've seen is encouraging, is wait and see, or, uh, you know, everybody wants to know what do you think. But I just said I'm going to wait and let this thing play out before I make any kind of a, a, an opinion. But we, we should know something in the first three, four, five games as to whether or not Jordan Love's kind of the, the deal or not, right? Yeah, I think the most important thing is is that I think he's going to be able to keep his cool and keep his team on time and avoid the pre-snap penalties. And, you know, Sophie hands off to Aaron Jones to the left and A.J. Dillon to the right. Uh, that's probably 11 yards and you get a first down. It's right. just that when they want to try and take some of these shot plays, and they've got the talent of Christian Watson to beat anybody on the field, you know, or even Jaden Reed. There's, you know, they're running a lot of vanilla things right now. It's just that does Love have that chemistry and the timing to hit these guys? He's got the arm. It's not Aaron Rodgers' arm, but he's, you know, he's got the arm strength and the athleticism to pull this off. But everything is just a little bit out of sync, and I don't know if maybe there's some things where he's overthinking it. The one thing about it is. His interceptions are really low for camp, like only three or so. Mm -hmm. So that part's been impressive. He takes care of the football, and that's probably where Tom Clements wants him to be so far. Uh, Real quick before I let you go. So we've heard a lot about Malik Heath um, and that, you know, as a wide receiver. Is there anybody else, or is it Malik Heath, when you talk about somebody that's, you know, kind of turned some heads? We know Jaden Reed has. You're expecting Watson and Dobbs and Torrey to be there, obviously. But is there anybody else weapon-wise that you look at and go, whoa, uh, let's, let's keep our eye here, too? On offense, yeah. It's Daytovian Wicks, who missed about four or five days with a concussion. He's wearing number 13. He's coming on. And he could be like the, you know, the counter to Christian Watson in terms of tall, size, speed, and some pretty good hands. Uh, on the other side, it's defense is this Carrington Valentine kid. He mm-hmm. picked them off again today for a pick six. Uh, and he had the pick the other night. He's been all over the field. Uh, yeah, Carrington Valentine, a seventh-round pick as a defensive back, he is flashing every day, and they've got to start figuring out a way on to get him on the field. Offensive line continues to be a shell game. They put Rasheed Walker at left tackle yesterday because Bakhtiari was sitting out again, which is like, well, now they're rethinking this. And they ran, they ran John Runyon at center for several snaps, in the game against the Bengals on Friday, uh, on Friday night, which makes me think, okay, are they really are they trying to find any way to get Zach Tom in there, and maybe have him switch and play guard, and move big veteran John Runyon over the ball at center mm-hmm. because Josh Myers is battling for a job. You know, we'll find out as they continue to do this with two more joint practice sessions against the Patriots on Wednesday and Thursday, and then the game coming up this weekend. Hey, Mike, real quick, tell me about Caleb Jones. Is he making any traction in this camp at all? Because I love his size. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. If anything, it's it's just fun to have him come off the bus and scare the hell out of the the neighbors, you know? (laughs) All right, buddy. Be good. We'll talk again tomorrow. Thank you, Bill. There you go. That's our buddy Mike Clemens. Time for us to get out of here. It's been a good one today. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Until then, time for us to go. Have a good one, too.